the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. How many of you these days get a little worried about the financial scene uh, in our country and, and in our world around us? You know, how many of you may be having financial fears about your own pocketbooks and budgets and things that you're struggling with because you've had some additional expenses you didn't have happen before? I see a lot of you nodding your heads and the rest of you are asleep, so wake up because we <laughs> have Because the reality is that all of us from time to time have fallen in a lack of faith before God with our financial well-being and the provisions that we need in this life. Every single one of us, in fact, ever since the fall of man, God has known so perfectly and plainly that the hearts of man would really struggle to believe that He could provide for them. In fact, in Holy Scripture, one of the largest topics talked about, if you search all of the Holy Scriptures, where we're given wisdom towards finances, wisdom towards financial needs, or a building of our faith through scriptures that Christ will provide for us. It's one of the biggest topics in all of scripture. Why? Because God knew man. He knew we would struggle in these ways. And so I think that we will find the words of our Lord Jesus Christ today from the Gospel of St. Matthew in chapter 6 exceptionally encouraging for us and strengthening, and I pray even redirecting of our souls in these moments and in these times. I want to sum up for you the teaching that our Lord Jesus Christ gives in the Gospel of St. Matthew chapter 6. And He's speaking directly to us in this moment, as always in this passage. Summed up what His teaching was is this. Take your eyes that are currently fixed on whatever financial storm you're facing or whatever financial fears you have about the future, take all of that and put your eyes back on me. Get your eyes off of that and place the eyes of your soul back upon me. Seek me instead. Set your heart upon me. And do so in order to know me better and I will reveal myself to you. And I will set your hearts at ease by that revelation because it is my joy and I want you to see me as your provider because it is my joy, a joy that's in me to make sure that you have everything you need for life and salvation. That is the summary of our Lord Jesus Christ's teaching. And yes, I'm going to continue to preach. You're not getting off that easy. So we need to look at a few more things. I want to read to you now the very words of and I pray that you will hear them and receive them as if he was teaching you like he was teaching them. Because he is. Jesus says, no one can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he'll be loyal to the one and despise the other. For you cannot serve both God and mammon. Mammon, a word meaning riches, wealth, material goods, anything of the earth in that manner. You cannot serve God and mammon. Therefore, I say to you, do not worry about your life. What you'll eat, what you'll drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Which of you by worry? can add one cubit to his stature. So why do you worry about clothing? 
Consider the lilies of the field. How they grow, they neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore don't worry, saying, what shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For all of these things the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all of these things. You know, the antidote our Lord is giving to us, the antidote to our anxieties and our worries about anything that we have or own or finances or anything of that nature, the antidote Christ gave throughout that whole message that he taught is simply this. The antidote to those worries and anxieties, Jesus says this, look at me. Look at me and consider me. Now, even though he says, look at the birds of the air, and that word look, it means to behold, to set your gaze upon the birds of the air. In other words, fix your eyes upon them and stay there. Watch them for a while. That's what he's saying. But when he's saying, look at the birds of the air, you know what he's really getting after? See what my hand does for them. It's not about seeing the birds of the air and the fact that they don't have a job for a living and don't store up in barns. He's saying, look at them, even though they don't have a job, even though they're not storing up in barns and, and aren't given a means by which to work because they're not human, I'm giving them everything they need in every moment. And he says, consider the lilies of the field. I love that word, consider. It's a, it's a broad word. It, it means examine the lilies carefully. Give great thought to them, and in doing so, learn a lot by looking at them. This is the word consider. And when we examine them thoroughly, just like with the birds, the intent is not for us to say what beautiful flowers, although we should find God's joy and brilliance in His creation. But what He's after is for the heart of man to see how beautiful each one of them are. That they're not doing anything to be made beautiful. God has made them beautiful. And God has provided the soil in which for them to grow. And he's provided the rain to sustain their lives and their beauty. You know, when they don't have enough rain, the most gorgeous of flowers lose their color and wilt. But no, consider the ones that are healthy. God is doing all of this. God is saying, look at me. My friends, if we want anxiety to diminish in our lives, in our worries, in the area of finances and our needs, the answer is behold God. Behold God, consider Him, and the extent that He goes to make every minute provision for you in your lives. You know, what He's saying is, if I make perfect provisions for the lesser things that I created, the birds of the air, the gorgeous flowers of this world, how much more am I going to make provisions for the ones that I created in my image and likeness to experience fellowship with me? How much more am I going to let them experience the reality that I am God, their provider, in every moment of their lives so they can be with me and be at peace no matter what? This is what our Lord is saying to us today. If we're looking carefully, He's saying not only look at me, but the emphasis is on, quite frankly, look at my love and my care for you. Look at my love and care for you. We must examine Him. We must look at Him. We must consider Him and sit before Him and come to know Him because we are of such immense value to Him and He will share that with us. It will set our souls at ease. 
There was a time in my life, and I've shared this years ago, but there was a time, there were many times in my life where I was falling in a weak faith. It's kind of my spiritual Achilles heel. It was finances in my early adulthood. And we were really faced with some, I'm talking about, I don't know where the next paycheck is coming type of crisis in our lives. And I remember at that time, I went on my annual four-day silent retreat that I would go on at a beautiful place that used to be a plantation on the Mississippi River, but was now a retreat house for silent retreats. You can picture rows and rows of these magnificent old oak trees with Spanish moss filling them and flowers arraying the base of them. It was just one of the most beautiful. It was as close to paradise as I think I may have gotten. But I went on it. But this was what was troubling my heart as I went. And I was very nervous about my finances. And so in one of those days in the morning, I, I actually came across this gospel reading. And I decided, well, you know, why not do what Jesus said to do? This might be a good idea. So I literally took that entire day and all I did was look at the birds of the air and I just sat and looked or I walked around and I looked and I was looking at what God was doing for them. And I went to all those beautiful flowers that were arraying the base of the oak trees and I went to each individual flower. I got up really close to each one of them and it was amazing to me. You know, until you get up close to a, to a flower, you don't realize the wonder and artistry of God. Because every flower is uniquely, differently painted. Not one of them is the same. And they're gorgeous. And they're all gorgeous in a different way. And I was admiring that beauty. But also this is God who did this. And this is God who lets them live. And keeps them alive. So the whole day my mind fixed on them is being redirected to the God who is providing for all of this. And how much more does he love me? And I was able to experience that profound love and care that day, and it relaxed my soul, as you might imagine, we're still alive today, yes? Because God has never failed in his provisions. But I needed to do something to be redirected to behold him and to consider him. I want to offer you another thought regarding something that when it comes to finances, and quite frankly a lot of other things, but when it comes to finances and worries about them, something that is at the center of them, something that we do that makes matters so much worse and makes our fears grow and our anxieties soar, and it's this. When, how many of you have experienced this? That when a financial problem, a big financial problem hits, your first reaction is to grab control. i got to do something about this. I have to figure this thing out. I have to figure out every jot and tittle of how this is going to get worked out and we're going to be provided for. Right? Our first response is as if we have any power or control over anything and we grab it. And that tension hurts us. You know, let me give you an example of that. And what our Lord is trying to show us about that. You know, I've given you a number of examples uh, in the past of, uh, of my dirt biking years. I'm going to give you a different one this time for this one. Because I was thinking about this while I was, I was considering that, that control and what control does to us. So my mom's first husband, his name's Dan. Okay, he's my biological father, Dan. And this is the one that I do a lot of dirt bike riding with. Uh, in late high school and then in college, I was only two and a half hours from him. So I'd go on the weekends, uh, one weekend a month, we'd go dirt bike riding. Well, one time he took me on to a motocross track for the first time. So I get on the dirt bike and I'm riding on the motocross track. My friends, I tell you right now, 
after just the first few bumps, I had a whole new recognition of admiration for those athletes and the endurance and the strength that it takes to be on a motocross track on a motorcycle because I was getting beaten to death, <laughs> okay? And I mean that. And I, was, I knew my tension. I was tense and I was getting beaten to death. And after two laps, I'm exhausted. And so I come off of that track and I look at Dan. He's laughing at me. Because he sees how exhausted I am. What I didn't know is he saw why. So I pull up and I stop for a second. He says, would you like me to tell you why you're feeling so beat up and tired of the first couple of laps? I said, ask me another question. Right? Please help me out here. And he said, I saw you while you were riding around. And you were gripping so tightly onto the motorcycle and your arms, your elbows were locked in this position. And he said, the other thing was, you had all your weight seated on the seat, which your own weight was working against you. He said, do this. Go back out there and do this. Relax your arms. <coughs> Keep them in a V-shape so that they're relaxed. Relax your grip. <coughs> He said, use the muscles in your legs to lift yourself just slightly off of the seat of the bike. Let the bike do the work that it was designed to do. <coughs> and I said, all right. So I went out there and I was amazed. Oh, I still was horrible. <laughs> but I was amazed at how much easier my time was around the track because A, I was no longer feeling like I had to control it. And I control, where was it coming from? Fear. I felt all the ruts and the bumps and what they call the whoops and all of that. I felt all of them underneath me and I felt like they were going to throw me off the bike. So what's our natural, what's our natural reaction? Self-protection. What is self-protection? It stems from control. And we control and we bear down. And I was actually working against the most natural thing that was supposed to work for me and that was the motorcycle. Are you getting the point? This is exactly what happens to us when in times of duress, and especially financial duress, we bear down, we clamp down, we focus on the problem, and we start trying to work it out in our own power and in our own might. And what happens when we're in such anxiety over that control? We dwindle. We get very tired very quickly, we become frustrated, and the existence of our life in this world diminishes in those moments. Every one of us knows that to be true. And what our Lord is trying to say is, let me be like the bike, let me do my job. You relax. You focus on me. You work with me. I'll provide you the jobs in due season. I'll prepare you to do the jobs in due season. And I will provide for you everything you need in every moment. Not everything you want, but everything that you need in the moments of your life. Because I am your provider. You know, in the Old Testament... You know, one of the ways that God revealed himself to his people so that they could get to know him better was by giving them various names of himself. And one of the names that he gave his people in the Old Testament, the Old Covenant, was Jehovah Yireh. Jehovah Yireh. The God who is provision. In other words, the God who is your provider. If we will set our attention, look upon him, consider him, he will reveal himself to be our provider. And he will prove himself over and over and over again in our lives. That he is our provider. And we will have no worries because God is. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.